Judith, it's, um, it's wonderful to have you here. Judith's done two talks for us before, one on her childhood in Berlin, which formed the basis for her amazing book, Hitler Stole Pink Rabbit, which we've already had several people coming up to Judith tonight in the audience to say that it was their favourite book. And then she also came and did a talk about her book about her late husband, um, Henry. But tonight we're going to talk about Judith Carr's Creatures, which is a fantastic book, cannot be recommended too highly. It, it's, it's an autobiography with wonderful, lots of wonderful illustrations. Um, and, and the book begins in Berlin when you're a child with your very early drawings, which I thought were just amazing. How old were you when you did these? Well, I, I couldn't have been more than nine because I was nine when we left. And uh, something I never really thought about it, although one should, uh, th these pictures have always been vaguely about, and I never gave it a thought until somebody pointed out that uh, when we had to leave in rather a rush to escape from Hitler, and my mother was packing suitcases in a, in a great rush, um, she packed those. So which was very touching. Uh, but but what, what were you drawing when you were young? You were drawing other children and playgrounds and well, it I was people there, wasn't it? People. Uh, I, I, looking at those, I think it's, all, it's parties and shopping, isn't it? <laughs> <It's>, uh, uh, <laughs> so your, your childhood took you through Europe. I mean, you were in Paris, you were in the south of France. It was a tough time for your father, too. It was a terribly tough time for my parents, and I never realized uh, how tough it was. In fact, even now I'm finding out things which I didn't know. And yet, to my brother and me, uh, she, they, they just made it feel like an adventure. I, I loved it. <laughs> uh, I, I, I once said to my father when we were in Paris and... Uh, living in this grotty flat and looking out over the lights of Paris, apparently I said, isn't it wonderful being a refugee? <laughs> Which must have cheered him up. But, uh... Well, they obviously did an extraordinary job. And how, how old were you when you finally made it to England? Uh, Twelve, nearly 13. And, and was it a relief for your parents to, to be here, do you think? No, it was, uh, it was always very difficult. It was very difficult for my father because uh, he couldn't speak the language. He spoke perfect French and could write in French, which is why we went to Paris. Um, but uh, we came here because Alexander Corder bought a film script he had written. And uh, I think possibly... I don't know that whether he ever had any intention of making it. I think he was just trying to help. And uh, but of course, my parents had great hopes, you know, films. Mm. Um, but of course, he saved our lives because if we'd stayed in France, the Nazis would have got us there in 1940. And for you, did you you carried on drawing all all the way through? Well, that's what I did. You know, I, I think. Uh, I just like doing it. And when did the first... I mean, you're, you're most famous for your animal drawings of the ones we'll come on to in a minute. And indeed, Judith has sold over nine million books in her extraordinary career, which is just amazing. But these early sketches um, that you did of animal drawings, they were your, your first animals as such, yes? 
Uh, well, those were tigers, weren't they, for, the, for, for when I was going to do the tiger who came to tea? I think I did go to, to the zoo sometimes just to draw the animals. But uh, I think I mostly drew people uh, up to then. But when you drew the tiger, you didn't... You, did you have the idea of the book at that point? Or? No, no, no. no. no uh, yes, sorry, I did. I mean, I, uh, I realised... Uh, I'd made up this story for my, my little daughter, and uh, then much later, when she was at school, I thought I'd try and make it into a picture book. And I had to go and draw tigers to see what they looked like. How did the idea of the story come about? Um, I, my, Tom was filming out out filming a lot, and uh, uh, we got rather bored. It was before my son was born. It was just Tacey and me, and she was two going on three. And we wished, uh, I think we wished that somebody would come and see us. And uh, so I made up a story about someone coming to see us, and it seemed a good idea that it should be a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> and so the, the drawing of it, when, when did it move from being something that was between you and your daughter into being a book? Oh, about five years, because uh, I, I made this up for her <laughs> when she was little, and then we had Matthew, and uh, I couldn't really work. I, uh, I liked looking after them by myself, really. Uh, so it wasn't until they were both at school and staying to lunch when right. I could do some work, and I... Didn't, I'd been working for the BBC before. I didn't want to go back to that. And I thought, well, I wonder if I could make that story into a book. And who did you... What was the process of getting it published? Your... Uh, well, it was very easy. I was very lucky. Um, I, uh, I got a lot of advice from my husband, who had won the Somerset Maugham Prize. Um, I took it to his agents... And they said, oh, well, let's show it to Collins. And I honestly didn't think anything would come of it. I, um, I knew it wasn't right as it was. And uh, actually, at that time, I'd been suggested that I should um, record some uh, uh, sort of a, a, a commercial for, uh, for German soap, a German soap commercial. I should do the voiceover. I was terribly excited about that. It was just before Christmas, and I thought, I'll have all that money. <laughs> and so we had these two things going, the soap commercial and the book. And uh, all my thoughts were in, about the soap commercial. But when I got there, um, the, uh, the director dismissed me out of hand because he said I had a Liechtenstein accent. <laughs> Did you know that? I'd never even been to Liechtenstein. <laughs> so I, I was terribly cross. And then when I got home, I, I had this message saying that Collins wanted to see me about the book. Oh, that was a very good deal. The, Michael Rosen said that, um, that, that, that the whole beginning of Tiger came to tea in the line of once there was a little girl called Sophie. She was having tea with her mummy in the kitchen and suddenly there was a ring at the door. And Sophie's mummy said, I wonder who that could be. Michael Rosen has this idea that this is, in fact, you reliving the trauma of being in Berlin as a little girl in anxiety that someone was yes. going to be coming for your parents. 
I'm not sure whether you agree with it, but... Well, it's very diff it would be very difficult for me to do that because I never had any trauma about coming to uh, anyone coming to arrest my parents. Uh, I never saw a Nazi. We got out uh, just before the elections in 1933, and um, uh, I, I, I was terribly well, lucky. I, I was never frightened in that way. And a tiger... Because uh, we'd seen a lot of tigers at the zoo, and we thought they were lovely. And I've told Michael Rosen this. Ah, okay. <laughs> now we have it. Okay, we're near the plot. So what did he say? Come on. Uh, well, he's very, he, he's lovely. He uh, is. He's terribly nice. He's been nice. here too. <laughs> um, I think he said it might have been subconscious. Ah, okay. Well, I suppose everything could be in that basis. So the tiger came out, and then, then we moved towards the great cat. Um, yeah. Was this who? Which cat was this that you? Uh, you that did? must have been Mog, our first cat. I'd, I'd always wanted one, and we, of course we could never have one. And uh, um, when we got one, I, I was absolutely staggered by what they were like because they're so peculiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it the peculiarity of Mog that led you to writing the Mog stories? Yes, I mean the first book. Uh, was just going to be uh, about all the things Mog did and one or two that friends had told me about that their cats did. Um, and, uh, but then I realized it must, it must have a plot of some sort. And I was talking to Tom about it and I said, well, I want to do this book about all the things she does, but something will have to happen. Mm -hmm. And he was deep writing, in writing a script, and he just said, oh, let her catch a burglar. <laughs> so I did. Uh, yes, it's a, very, it's a very great scene when you've got Mog with her, actually, we haven't got that slide, with her, her hands up. Oh, but, well. but Mog became a pretty instant success, didn't she? She captured imagination. And well, uh, yes, I think uh, it was also an easy-to-read book. I, I, I only... I was very impressed by uh, Dr. Zeus, who's a sort of genius, and um, the cat in the hat and all those books, mm -hmm. which use a, a, a vocabulary of about 250 words, using the same words over and over again. At this time, my children were learning, had just been learning to read, and I realized how infinitely more difficult it is in English than in German, which is... Uh, uh, it's phonetic, so it's, it's dead easy. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I thought I would try and do, in a very minor way, what uh, Dr. Zeus did, and use a limited vocabulary. And uh, that was uh, the first Mog book. Uh, but I never meant to do any more. It's just that we kept getting more cats. <laughs> and and they, they all needed a plot. Well, they all did something they were all weird in different ways. And I, at first I thought I just, uh, we had this cat called Weenitz who was mad and, I th and, and hated Christmas. And so I thought I was going to do a book about Weenitz hating Christmas and then I realized I'd have to invent another family and uh, it, it, it would just be silly. So I, poor Mog, got all the sort of attributes of uh, nine cats or eight cats. Well, nine lives. It was all right. <laughs> um, so, okay, I know we've been, I've just been told we've only got five minutes, we've got some other fantastic pictures. So, um, I'm very, very fascinated. You're, as, as time went on in your life, it seems to me your 
paint your drawings and your stories have got more fantastical. I mean, the, you know, Mog is fantastic, but, and he does things that maybe cats don't do. But suddenly we're into birds with teeth, which I find very strange. Where did you come up with the idea of birds uh, with teeth? Well, I, 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 I was trying to make this... Uh, that, that's a book, actually, uh, that was uh, uh, Mog in the Dark, and uh, it, that only had 53 words, mm -hmm. uh, like, like uh, green eggs and ham. I mean, not like green eggs and ham, but in the same sort of attempt to do the same thing. And I thought it would be all the things that Mog would imagine in a nightmare. And, and, and um, yeah. well, I mean, <laughs> that would be her nightmare, wouldn't it? It would, it, yeah, it would be a nightmare for a cat. <laughs> A terrific nightmare. Um, <laughs> um, but you yourself, um, you, your stories like, become slightly more dreamlike. I mean, when your beloved husband died, as you were saying, that you, you sort of fly a lot. Well, uh, I think what really happened was that um, we used to talk a lot. He was marvellous um, with words. And, um, and when we could no longer do that because he was no longer there. Um, I think I went back to the sort of person I was, not quite the sort of person, but something I'd been obsessed with before that, which was pictures. Mm -hmm. And so the books, instead of starting with a plot, with words, began with the idea of pictures and uh, the... Uh, previous thing you showed. Can we go back to the um, kangaroo? Yeah. That one, yes. That was uh, the first thing I did after, uh, when I was on my own. And, and it's also poetry, rhyming. Well, it was, uh, it started with wanting to do these fantastic things of animals doing weird things and flying. Uh, I thought about Chagall and mm -hmm. I loved all that. And uh, then I thought thought there should be very few words, but uh, they, I thought they'd rhyme, that I think that would work best. And then, of course, if you start trying to find rhymes, you end up in very strange places. I mean, if you were writing prose, you would never say that a, that, that a crocodile and a kangaroo set off on a bicycle made for two. It's just because it rhymed, you see, and I was terribly pleased with it, and then I had to draw it, which was awful. It is sublime. Can we go on just quickly to Henry? Because I know we've got to stop. So this was your. This again has got that fantastical feeling with you and Henry on the. Yes, well, on that the unicorn. was. Uh, uh, that's the an odd one, really, because it's um, uh, it's not entirely for children, which I think is not the right thing for a children's author to do, to do a sort of book that pretends to be a picture book for children, but is really sort of wink-wink, it has another meaning, you know. But I thought one might be allowed one. And um, it's a, I wanted to do something about an old lady, because you see an old lady sitting somewhere, and she just looks like an old lady. In fact, there's all this stuff going on inside her, and that's what I wanted to do. Well, and Judith, thank you. That's what you've done very successfully. You will never be described as just an old lady. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you.